And welcome back to uh, another episode of Strategy and the Virtual Controller. My name is Damien Greathead. Very excited to be here. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, my co-host is Penny Breslin. She's sitting in San Diego. How are you today, Penny? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, Damien? Yeah, well, thanks. It's a, it's a sunny, winty, wintry day here in Sydney, so no complaints. The, uh, the, the beach looks good, so I might head down there a little bit later on. So, yeah, can't complain. Can't yeah, complain. It's pretty good here, too. So far, so good. Good. Uh, Penny, let's let's dive straight into to today's episode. Um, and before we do go on to, to the, the main theme of today, which is technology, which I'm really excited about, um, one of our listeners got in touch with us via LinkedIn, and, and you can find either myself or Penny on LinkedIn to, to send us any questions. Um, and it was related to last week's episode where we were talking about pods um, and, and building pods within your, within your team uh, to enable you to scale up, uh, to serve to serve the clients and to grow. But the question that came in to me was, I'm a two-person firm. Um, I'm a small firm. I There's no way I can do a pod at the moment. I can't afford it. I want to get there, I think. Um, but how do I, how do I implement this pod idea that you guys were talking about last week when I'm a little firm? So Penny, any thoughts on that? Well, yeah. Uh, the pod is there because the pod exists because the amount of work that comes in that has to be managed. So if you've gone through the process of one, defining what it is you want to do and what kind of work you want to do, then what is it you're going to need from the client in order to be able to perform the work? So you got to find the client, right? And then you also have to find the team. It's part of your team is technology. Part of your team is human. I mean, there's always going to be a human at some point. So I think, I mean, a one person or a two person office could, if they're both um, accountants, uh, CPAs, or full charge bookkeeping trained people who know their applications and know their business, then the first person in your pod is the traffic cop, the preparer. Um, somebody who's going to, uh, you, you have to make sure that the pod manager, which is either you or the other person in this two person firm can train is open to training and is open to open to supervision. And then you get, I, I was just on an application I was playing with and I'm going to be implementing it with a client that's pretty heavy duty work. And, uh, I'm going, damn, um, the way this is set up. I could have anybody in the country doing this work and I could be managing them and they wouldn't have to know a lot about QuickBooks. They'd have to know a lot about the customer. Because in this case, this app mm. connected to only QBO at the time, right now at the moment. And um, I said, I could just shoot. I could teach somebody this like in a heartbeat if using this app. I've been not really doing anything other than being the traffic cop. I could do that and grow that pod. So if I've got somebody who's two-person office and I want to expand because I've discovered I do want to do this fractional CFO work, I do want to have monthly closes for my clients, then I just need to hire a traffic cop. And it's not to belittle traffic cops. It's just that that's, that's the part that doesn't get done. And and that's, that's the starting, the starting point, point for the because pod. once the numbers are clear, then I can have a, a logical, realistic, 
actionable discussion with the client about the growth of their company. And remember, we looked at client advisory services and the AICPA says it's focused more on compliance, although I think they're changing that with their new uh, uh, recommendations on, on the CPA exam. But the Intuit one that talks about, you know, helping client growth. So if I want to do that, I got two people of equal competency. Hopefully, like in any good relationship, they're slightly different. So one could be more customer facing. One could perhaps be more trainer facing or supervisory facing and then hire that traffic cop. Now I got a three legged stool. My fourth leg is the technology. And I just got a pop. Yeah. Before we go on to technology, Penny, I I think the other thing that I would like to throw in there is really make sure one thing that I took away from the the most recent episode was the real delineation of tasks and making sure you're very clear on who is responsible for what and what level. And and maybe as you are hiring that first traffic cop, um, just being very crystal clear on who's doing what and at what level. And I think that's probably... Uh, one of the things to be thinking about is I might have to do some of the technician preparer stuff while I'm hiring this person, while I'm training this person. But let's just be very clear about um, here are the tasks I'm doing and then delineate from the actual client relationship, the managerial, the the the, uh, the rainmaking side of things. Because I think if we don't delineate the tasks, then everything just blurs into one and we're doing everything end to end. Um, and and so once we do hunt, yeah, and, and once we do hire that preparer or the traffic cop, we we, we have a very um, clear set of tasks that we can give to them, which are those preparer tasks, which in, in all honesty, you might do between 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock every morning. But you can then delegate those tasks immediately because they're very quickly identified rather than trying to pull yourself out from the entire process. So that would be my only insight and, and bit of advice is, just be very clear about who's doing it. What are the tasks? And that's an important part of the, the the workflow conversation. And and then who's doing those tasks? So you can quickly delegate them uh, once uh, once the traffic cops in place, once the outsourcing um, is up and running, or once the technology's there. I agree. And one of the things that I have found you have to do on top of that is revisit that. Um, leave space on your calendar. Put it in your calendar to have internal meetings to go over stuff. Uh, Case in point, last night, going over a particularly difficult new startup went from zero to over a million in revenue (laughs) within the first nine months. And um, and the the amount of information flowing through and um, she had posted some questions on some transactions. And when you know, ordinarily I don't get deep in the weeds, but this is this client I'm going to actually have a meeting with. So I thought I'd better check out their books. And I and there were like three transactions. I went, oh, really? Come on. How long have you been working for us? You haven't figured out that what, what how to handle this type of a transaction? And, you know, and it wasn't that she didn't know. It's just that she was flying through things so fast to get it ready that she skipped over stuff that was obvious. So sometimes... I think that having that that person, that supervisor, that supervisor has to be open to training and to actually reviewing. So they need to put it on their calendar. You know, I'm going to review this client. I'm going to put this amount of energy into like we we actually have supervisors and they know with a brand new set of 
books if they're they're managing uh, a team of, of bookkeepers that they have to spend a little bit more time up front to so that they can get the rhythm so that they can quickly glance yep. through and see where the problems might occur. Um, I do expect my traffic cops to have uh, a semblance of knowledge. What I want them to be able to do and be open to doing is being able to raise their hand and say, I have a question and feel safe in asking it. Um, that's That to me is real important because sometimes we're all flying so fast, we don't notice that somebody might be stuck on something until it's too late. And then you, you pull it up in front of the client and you feel like an idiot. Uh, and and also we might be flying so fast because we've got so much work on, but we also might have priced it so leanly that we haven't factored in any meeting oh, times. Yes. Now, now, don't, no, I'm not going to get you started, Petty. I'm not going to get you started because that's a whole it, nother it is, episode. It is, it is. But <laughs> because because that is, that's going to derail our whole technology conversation if we get onto pricing. So let, let's do pricing in the next couple of episodes because we won't, yeah, would, we won't be able to um, do it in one. Rabbit, squirrel. Yeah. Technology is is part of my team. Um, Somebody asked me today in a webinar that I did uh, uh, for QB Express, what's your favorite apps? And I said, which apps do you mean internal to me and to my my business or external and client facing? Uh, Because some of them cross because I use some of the apps, obviously, that I recommend to clients. But some of them don't. Uh, and uh, so I have my preferred apps in my little organization. And then I've got my little black dress of apps that I always recommend to clients. Yeah, well, let's kick off the planning, uh, the planning, the, the technology part of this uh, part of this episode. And, and I think that's a really important point that we have internal back office tools we then have the client facing tools which facilitate the discussion where do you think is and this is a loaded question but where do you think is the right place to start in terms of building your technology stack do you try and solve for the client first or solve for your your function your back office first i solved for my back office first yep um i needed to know uh and i had to be flexible in it um, because obviously we've grown, um, but I needed communication. I needed clear communication. Remember, I was remote from day one. Mm. So uh, I couldn't exactly walk down the aisle, uh, or I couldn't even call on the phone. I can call on WhatsApp. <laughs> uh, but uh, so having that platform of stability so that we had clear, defined communication and a clear, defined layout of who does what uh, was real critical. And um, that's my platform. They come in and they live on my platform that I define. Yeah. Then there was... Yeah, and I, I, I think you and I have been banging on about this for, for 10 plus years, and, and I think you even longer than that. But I, I, I do feel like that the last year or the current pandemic sort of 
fast-tracked a lot of people's uh, technology adoption because they they couldn't wander down the hallway because that was always what I found the biggest um, stumbling block for firms was that implement a workflow tool, let's just say, or a document management tool, um, but only implement it 40% of, of, of its true power or true strength. Uh, and then the other 60% was sort of them walking down the hallway or or, um, or nodding on or tapping on someone's shoulder to ask for help and ask for information. So I think the pandemic has um, given people the the kick up the the you know what to actually use these top tools for their original um, purpose. Uh, but I, but I think that's one of the the big things is a lot of people use these tools, but they're only using 40, 50, 60 percent of the true capability, aren't they? Yeah, and but they're, and they're also I think that the, the other thing that's come out of the pandemic, or at least I hope it has, is that differentiating of when the tool is important and when human interaction is important. Um, you know, it's work from home. I mean, tell you the truth, I've been remote forever, but having my whole team remote, that was just like, okay, when are you guys going to be able to get back in the office? Um, and, you know, <laughs> because a lot of productivity happens between humans. A lot of, uh, innovation happens between human interaction. So the workflow should be extremely defined and task orientated with a slot put into that calendar on that workflow for internal meetings, because that's when your uh, innovation, um, hopefully with good supervisors who are tracking things, um, that's when information can be enlightening um, between people. Um, I didn't, uh, I very rarely get enlightening moments through a task that's completed, but I can get an enlightening moment on the story of what it took to get that task completed. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. Um, and, and it's, it's then, I, I think that's the other important thing is use the technology to get the grunt work mm -hmm. done. But then obviously, and that again, going back to what we talked about last week, is because the technology will give you the time, the space to think innovatively about how you might solve that problem that's next it. time, about what else you can do for the client. And, and I think that's probably where, where we are, aren't exactly making the most of the technology because we're not using it to its full capacity. And that's... That and so therefore we're not getting that time to really think about okay what prob what additional problems can we solve for a client how could we do this better and I think that's where I think that's where firms can actually have a look at their tech stack before they go and throw another piece uh, into the mix into the puzzle uh, they should be looking at what they have now and are they getting the most of it what's not and is it a people problem is it a technology problem or is it a process problem because same type of thing if if everyone's not using the tools the same way. Um, and everyone's using them a little bit differently, or or, or they're letting what managing some clients outside of the tool set. Um, you're going to have problems yeah, as well, and you can't discover that without sitting down and looking at this. I mean, this this. It's, it's sometimes I feel like people are asking me, "Okay, how do I just do this?" It's like, well, you don't just do it. It's something you revisit constantly. You own a company. You own a company that is in fluid, constant motion. Your clients are in fluid, constant motion. The world is. It's not like you can just say, stop. This is the way we're going to run things and go. Somebody else asked me today on that same webinar. There are so many tools out there. How do you know which one to pick? How do you keep current on them? 
Well, it's almost impossible to know which one to pick and how to keep current. So find out what you've got right now. Like you said, what's working, what's not working. And what's not working doesn't always mean it's because that customer won't use it. Uh, you know, because come on. Um, you know. Or it doesn't do this oh, one yeah. thing. How many times have <laughs> you heard that? Thing. That it does 80 Maybe other it does 80 other it does 80 other things but it doesn't do this one thing i can't remember who it was i um i remember this was way back when when um i think zero was first getting off the ground uh in, in cloud or, and so it was a zero qbo cloud versus desktop and it was well you know i i like the look of um i like the look of qbo but geez it doesn't really work well with construction clients and i was like norm how many construction clients do you have he was like oh three out of how many Oh, 200? And I was just like, Norm, like the, the tail's wagging yeah. the dog here. This is insane. What about the other 197 clients? No, it works quite well for yeah, them. Really. <laughs> and, 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 and it, it, it's so funny that um, certainly my experience at Receipt Bank, you would talk to accountants and it, it was it was funny how quickly that one ripple would would work its way through the entire firm. So um, one accountant or one bookkeeper put up that that objection that the receipt bank didn't do x um and then it was just so funny how you would hear that resonating throughout the rest of the firm as to a reason not to adopt this tool that might not do x but it does a b c d e f g h like it was just so funny how, how i had that happens. somebody just slack me today uh, uh who's uh he has a, an accounting business and um he said okay i'm going about to implement dext on my recommendation and he goes, so what about the clients that won't use the email? You know, the one that Dex makes for them? Um, should I just have them send their attachments to the, you know, email address that we've been assigned for him? And I said, why would they not use the email? Why are you even introducing us, the second email to them? <laughs> I said, if you train them to use the phone, they won't ever have to even use the damn email. So... <laughs> And you you train them to use the email. So why can't you train them to use a previous email? So so why can't you use this? I know. It was kind of like, I'm going. This isn't a new trick that you're trying to teach an old dog. This is just swapping it out. You know, it's like if you can can focus on what ifs, what ifs, what if this doesn't work? What if this doesn't work? What if this doesn't work? You get to the end of the month and you haven't implemented anything. So you start the new month going, okay, I'm going to do this. Oh, but then that what ifs rears an ugly head. Why don't you just cut fish and cut it? You all, everybody out there who owns an accounting business has clients that they have a great relationship with. I know you do. I know you do. If I can do it, you can do it. I have shitty relationships. <laughs> so no, no, sorry, Rick, I didn't mean to say that. But, um, but you know, uh, you can just say, look it, I'm going to try this. Right? One time years ago, uh, I we I got hired by one of our uh, CPA clients, and I went to his office, and it was in El Paso, Texas. It was a fun week. Um, anyways, we, we my job was to set up a seminar where he was going to train the clients on QuickBooks and do the whole QuickBooks routine that we did, you know, train the clients enough and give get them, get them dizzied enough that they hire you to be their accountant kind of thing. And uh, another one of those psychology of influence things. So um, one of the things we told him, I told him, I said, get two of your best clients in the room. He goes, what do you mean? I've already sold them. I said, bring them in the room. 
and have them sit on opposite sides of the conference room. And when you, you know what you've done good for them that they like, when you mention it, you look right at them and you go up and down with your head and nod a yes. And they're going to go up and down with their head <laughs> and they're going to nod a yes. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to look around the table for you because they're your good friends and you're asking them to do this. Just remember, so just make sure you pick good ones. And they're going to sell your business for you. You're going to get caught. And, and I think... Yeah, and I think that's the other thing is I can't imagine any business client that would be pissed with their accountant if their accountant, their uh, bookkeeper called up and said, hey, Damien, I got this. I, I've, I just went to a conference and um, I, I found this app. It looks really pretty cool. It does this, this and this, and it looks like it'll save you a bunch of time doing this, this and this. Want to give it a go? Of course. And, 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 and. I'll, I'll give you a break on the price and all that type of stuff, but but if, if it's if it does what it says on the tin, should save you a bunch of time. Is it worth it? I can't imagine uh, the client might at worst say, you know what, Damien, it's a really busy time at the moment. I'm just coming into the year end. How, could, could we do it next month or could we do it next quarter? But I think that would be that could be the the, the worst case scenario. Oh, that sure, would absolutely. And then when you do what you do is you when you have a meeting with a bunch of other clients, and always bring them into the room together, please. If you, especially if you're verticalized on your business, bring them into the room together and sell them all at once on the idea and train them all at once. We've got this new app that's going to help you. This is the, and show them, this is how it connects to QuickBooks. Be, be, pull the the curtain away from the wizard, show them how it's going to work. This is going to save you time. I just put a little post-it note on one I'm practicing with that I'm going to bring a client on board tomorrow afternoon with. First, I'm going to train my team on it tonight. I'm going to bring the client in tomorrow. And I, I, I was able to put a little sticky note that says, please use this in order for us to serve you better. Every time mm-hmm. he opens it, that's exactly what it's going to say. Penny says, please use this in order for us to serve you better. With the little smiley emoticon. Yeah. You know, that's all. And 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 also, I th- it, it's it, it's that what's in it for me. Even and what's in it for me is that my accountant's going to be able to serve me better. And and that's a pretty big what's in it for me that I'm going to get better bang for my buck um, by using this little app. And lo and behold, it's probably going to make my life easier anyway. Penny, we we sort of I, I think we've got to come back to address. the internal tech stack. So no, 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 no. We've got to come back to the little, we've got to come back to our own internal tech stack and let's do that on a, a, again, I think that's a whole episode in of itself, but let's actually now move to front of office about the little black dress. And um, you introduced that concept to me um, many years ago, Um, but what's the idea of the little black dress and and why is it so important for an accountant um, to, to, to develop, to build their little black dress? Again, you've got to take, you've got to give time to yourself. Everything, everything you do has to give, uh, as well as making money for your business, your accounting business has to give you time to do the things that you want to do that is on that first list that you built way back saying, this is what I want to do. And so um, what the little black dress does is it tells everybody in that pod, and that pod can, again, be one small office. Uh, a, a section within a larger firm or the whole large firm as it is when we know that clients either need payroll or they don't need payroll. 
But if you are going to be doing any kind of control of fractional CFO or working with a client, even after the fact bookkeeping, payroll is going to be at least 80% of the time an important function. So decide on your payroll company and stick to one. Clients already in another payroll, they come to you, flip them, switch them into the one that's going to make it easy for you. Don't have four or five different payroll companies out there working. Same thing with an expense manager. Um, you know, get everybody into the same expense manager. Uh, the payroll companies have been around forever. They're not going to disappear overnight. Neither will these expense managers. Um, what's another thing that somebody might need that's often called upon? Counts payable. Okay. And then some kind of KPI, maybe a time tracker. That, that pretty much sets it. That's, that's, boom, that's it. Document management system for them to flow into. Um, that's it. That's all I need. And with that, I could probably run about 200 different monthly bookkeeping clients, which could then morph into some of them being high-end client advisory, some of them just being after-the-fact bookkeeping, some of them being fractional CFO. And with 200 of those, all of them using the same applications, putting them in the same GL, boom. Um, yeah. And I could be a surfing with you in Sydney at the same time. Yeah. Well, not a very good surfer, I must admit. I it's, it's more talk than anything. But, <laughs> but, 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 I think, but I think that's really important because, again, I, I think um, a lot of folks go to conferences and it's great to see conferences back up again and, and sort of hit the, the trade show floor and, and think that they've got to know everything about every single expense management tool before they make a recommendation. But at the end of the day, for the most part, the top three, uh, I, I won't say interchangeable. They, they probably do things a little bit differently, but just choose one um, and jump in, get involved, make sure they've got a good accountants program, make sure they've got really good support. Um, but if you if you try to, to learn every single GL that's out there or every single expense management or every single um, AP program, uh, it's going to be a very long time before you feel comfortable and confident to talk to your clients. So well, you the idea about the it. little black dress is just... You haven't figured out what you really want to do then. Because yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's a good point. That's what you're really comfortable with. Then go hook up with somebody else who has a business who doesn't like technology but does like dealing with the client, and now the two of you can have a business together. I mean, yeah, good point. But, but, but I think... And, and then I think if you've got that vertical that you were just talking about before, then you can then add additional um, uh, accoutrements to the little black dress that that, that is inventory, that is um, uh, other other aspects. Depending on what I just had a just had a blank of, of different different attachments, but that's the idea, isn't it? That that I, I remember sp speaking with a, a, one of our um, receipt bank customers just a couple of weeks ago, and. Uh, Six, seven years later, every client, doesn't matter how big they are, they all go on to Xero, Receipt Bank, which is now Dext, and it's a Canadian company, so a Canadian payroll co company and something else and something else. And he said, you know what? It, 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 the really nice thing is our customers have the same experience. Our team have the same experience time and time again. We're not trying to learn their systems. We're not trying to bring in new systems each and every time. And it just means that we can, we can control the outcomes 
much more confidently than we could when we used to react to what the client brought in. And I thought that was really interesting to think about your team uh, and actually think about your clients in terms of the outcome, the the controlling those outcomes. Basson was talking about that. Uh, that's why I wanted to get him in on one of these shows as he said it took him a long time to figure that out, that it's the outcome that counts, you know, how I got there. And he said, and I focused a lot on needing to know how was I going to get there? How was I going to get there? And I said, yeah, to the point where you never even, you know, there's a line of Bette Midler movie, dive right in, baby, the water's fine. The water doesn't hurt when you hit it, you know? <laughs> and 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 the water is warm come on in um and and i i think the other thing is that there there's a whole bunch of people that that have done this that are doing this that are willing to share their experiences i mean the user groups and the facebook groups they will give you their their the the sales teams of these companies they'll give you their pitch um but i can guarantee you that the um the facebook groups and the user groups they will give you the warts and all of the different apps that are out there the pros the cons the good the bad and the ugly um to help you make your decisions but but i think it is really important to standardize and systemize um because your role as traffic cop is or, or or somebody's team as traffic cop is to control the data the flow of data that's one of the things that they control so the 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 sooner we can get to a standardized set of tools um the sooner we can move on to to much more interesting and much more enjoyable well, yeah things. and if you look at the new uh, requisites with the emphasis on business analytics uh and 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 info systems uh, that are going to be part of the new CPA exams in a couple of years. They're, they're doing that because it's it's the data that's the analytics and the data is what the clients really want, and they they want that recommendation from you as their trusted advisor to give them good quality information. But in order to give that to them, you have to be very confident in the numbers that are coming in. So you've got to trust not only your teammates but your technology. Once you get that technology down, um, you know, you can, you can always look at other options, but don't, you know, you, don't, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater just because you found something new or a better price. So the other question I got asked today is, what are, your, what are your three main characteristics you're looking for when you look at an app? I'm like, well, does it perform what, I, what I'm looking for it to do? Second, what's the support like? Third. What is the buy-in I'm going to get from users? How easy is it going to be for them to use? And, they, and of that three, the price wasn't one of them, was it? Um, I, this, yeah. this, this app that I was doing today, he's charging me the regular monthly. There's no discount. I don't get discounts on any of this stuff. The regular monthly rate that he would charge anybody else. And I told him, I said, look, it, if I can get this working for this one client, it's worth it. It's worth it to pay you as mm. if I had 100 clients on there. If I can get this one client utilizing this and working with it well, um, everything else is gravy after that. So uh, that's and, – and, and the fact that they're willing to give us good support, um, and they have shown that, that they're going to give us good support. I would like their, their online um, FAQs to be a little bit richer, but I'm sure they'll get there. Uh, it, that I think support is critical. Uh, buy in from your team, ease of use, user user interface, user 
uh, user experience. That's going to be another key. Uh, how easy is it for my clients to use it and interact with me on that? Um, yeah, and stick with it. Get your people, franchise your businesses if this was a McDonald's. Um, and then then all the numbers will flow in and fall into the right squares and, and round circles. And then you can have confident discussions with your clients. And um, and in another line from another movie, it's like Anne Bancroft once said, I never mind the little things, but they're all little things. But I don't have to mind them because I got <laughs> technology and good traffic cops doing that for me. Taking care of it. And Penny, I think that's a really good place to pause today's uh, episode because, again, I, I think there's a lot more that we can delve into uh, in terms of the the little black dress and, and tips and tricks and traps to avoid. So let's do that on our next episode. But I think the one thing for, for I hope, for listeners is um, – Take take this idea of traffic cop of controller that the whether you're the, the 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 train controller of the London Underground whether you're the traffic cop because start with the data sources where is all of the data that you need to fulfil the function um, and then look at the tools that can capture that information and feed it into the appropriate general ledger or the appropriate destination. That's another way to think about it. And again, this idea of controller, um, it, it's not only controlling the the numbers, controlling the finances, um, more importantly, or just as importantly, it's also about controlling the data and making sure that the data is flowing to the right place um, at the right time um, on, a, on, a, on a consistent basis. And, and that's just another way to think about uh, think about it as you uh, attack the trade show floor or as you attack this um, building your your technology stack and, and developing your little black dress. And, and we'll have to come up with a, a slightly more masculine version of it for me. But, um, but, but think about it that you can... <laughs> but think about it as something so versatile and, and, and that that is what will allow you to scale as well. That um, in that traditional uh, manual desktop world, I think most... Most accountants and bookkeepers probably hit a ceiling of about 15 clients that they could handle a month, whereas we're seeing the sort of 60, 70, 100, 150 clients. Um, well, actually, it's sort of closer to around 50, 60 clients per per accountant bookkeeper. Uh, and so you can imagine the the scalability yeah, exactly. um, as a result so of I that. Got, I got six people in each pod. You can think about how the numbers are. Yeah, how that up quite quickly. Pod, um, so pod, and then we cross train pods. So it's a step process. Yeah. Fantastic. So, folks, um, satvc.co, that's our website. That's where you can find uh, latest episodes. Again, do us a favor, jump on and uh, write us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a rating. That'll help us get the word out, assuming that you're enjoying what you're listening to, of course. Um, and uh, hit us up on LinkedIn with any questions that you do have that you'd like us to cover. Uh, Penny, it's always a pleasure, and I look forward to, to digging into the little black dress um, a little bit more on the next episode. And, and then I think we might uh, dedicate a few episodes to pricing. That How does that good. sound? Okay. Penny, thanks very much. Bye. We'll talk soon.